Now I invite you to turn in your sing the journey to number five. Come and be light for our eyes. seated. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to chapel, our first one of the new school year. My name is Bob Yoder, one of the campus pastors. Chapel at Goshen College is our opportunity to come together as a community of faith, to pray, to worship, to hear God's word, we come to this place from a wide variety of backgrounds. This community includes Catholic students, Methodists, Baptists, Evangelicals, Mennonites of all kind, people from other than Christian faith traditions, and folks not connected to any particular faith community. And so it's from these varied places we bring many different ways and expressions of praising God. Regardless of where you are coming from, we hope that you will know that you are very welcome in this place. We hope that this will be a place where we can lift up our voices in praise to God and give thanks to the beauty and wonder of God's beautiful and bountiful creation. 
We hope that this will be a place of comfort and consolation in the midst of sorrow and stress. We hope that this will be a place of challenge and inspiration of God's holy breath calling us to a new creation. But above all, we hope that in this place we will come together in worship, in reverence, to experience more deeply the love and grace of God through Jesus Christ. So amidst all the hustle and bustle and stress of the semester, and for some a new home, we invite you to receive the peace of Christ. As with all of our Friday chapels, we light this lamp in front of me as a reminder of God's ever-presence with us in this space during these 40 minutes. God who is participating with us in worship and also moving in our midst. Let's pray together. God, you are worthy of our praise, even if we don't feel like it at times. We thank you for a new school year that we've gathered here from many different states, provinces, and countries all around this globe of yours. We invite your presence in your spirit to be among us in this space, but also in the sidewalks and in the classrooms and in our rooms. Amen. Our campus ministry's theme this year is Transformed by Christ. The banner hanging behind me depicts our theme based on the miracle story of Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding feast, according to the Gospel of John chapter 2. Seijin Lee, a senior here, created this wonderful piece. More will be shared about this passage and this wonderful piece next week in chapel. For this morning, our speaker is Tamara Schantz, one of the campus pastors here, and it's, so it's my privilege to introduce to you her today. And she will further engage the theme of transformed by Christ. This is a theme we will work with throughout the year, but she'll start us off right. Tamara is starting her fourth year as one of the campus pastors here and also is beginning her first year as apartment manager in the student apartments. Tamara is a thoughtful, articulate, passionate, and at times quirky follower of Jesus, who has traveled many parts of the globe, including West Africa, South America, and parts of Asia. She hails from the great province of Ontario, Canada, that place up north of us, and is a graduate of Conrad Grebel College, University of Waterloo, and Yale Divinity School. But as we continue in our worship service this morning, I invite you to turn to number three in Sing the Journey, the green books in front of you. Thank you. 
Now, if you would turn in your blue hymnal to number 373, Thou True Vine. scripture this morning, we will read at various parts here of John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. And so I invite you to uh, look up at the screen and read accordingly. I'll read the leader portion. We all read all first years, and we'll move through John 15, verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes
I do not call you servants any longer. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. All right, that was a long scripture reading. Thanks for participating in that. All right, so um, as Bob said earlier, um, my name is Tamara Schantz, one of the campus pastors here, as well as um, the apartment manager this year. So um, President Brenneman, I think, got us off to a really great start on Wednesday um, with his opening reflections to get us to start thinking and talking about what it is for us to be Christ-centered together as a community here at Goshen College. So in a way, I'm simply going to be picking up that conversation um, that Jim started with us as I reflect this morning on our theme for this year, Transformed by Christ. Usually, um, when I think about transformations, I tend to think about something that is big, maybe pretty bold and even splashy, maybe. Definitely along the lines of what Jim was talking about briefly on Wednesday, those dramatic, life-changing experiences that seem to leave nothing the same. When I think about transformation, um, I tend to think about the classic story of Paul um, on the road to Damascus, when Jesus strikes him blind in order to provide him with new sight, with new life. And these are often the experiences that we hear about in testimonies or kind of in great stories of faith throughout the ages. And while I can't claim to have had an experience quite as dramatic as Paul, I have had a couple of experiences that I would label as big T transformative. When I was in university, um, my second year, I spent a semester in West Africa in the country of Ghana. And one weekend, I decided to travel to Cote d'Ivoire in order to visit some Mennonite mission workers who were living there. Now, Cote d'Ivoire had recently um, gone through a military coup, and the borders had been temporarily closed just a few months earlier. But to be honest, I think I was pretty oblivious of that detail until I got to the Cote d'Ivoire border. It was a lovely trip to start. There were great views, interesting people watching, but as we left Ghana, we started stopping at checkpoint after checkpoint. First, it was the military who wanted to check our passports. Then it was the fire service, and then it was the police, then it was the military again, and then I think it was the forest service after that, and so on. Probably about 13 checkpoints in all. The bus driver decided to just keep all of our passports up front with him so he could just pass them out as needed. And I was feeling decidedly squeamish about not having that passport in my hand. And as our delays continued and darkness began to fall, I began to get worried and then really, really anxious 
and I'm pretty much just all out terrified. I was convinced I would never see my passport again pretty soon, that we'd arrive in Abidjan and my hosts wouldn't be there to pick me up. I'd have no idea how to contact them. I'd probably end up penniless, lost, and quite possibly dead in the corner of some foreign city. And I was praying like I probably had never prayed before. It's amazing how stress can bring that on. When suddenly three women, a few seats ahead of me, began to sing. I can't remember what they sang. They were hymns or sacred songs of some kind. And in that moment, I just felt all that terror, all of my anxiety just wash away. God's presence became so real to me in that moment, in that still totally inexplicable way, that I think I understood, if just for a moment, what Jesus was talking about in the John 15 passage we were just reading, when he invites us to abide in him. Abide in me, Jesus says, as I abide in you. This moment was abounding in abiding. I was surrounded and embraced. I was enveloped by God's love that was carried so simply through the night air by my neighbors singing. That semester taught me something about trusting in God. The spirit of Christ transformed that moment in time for me, and in doing so, changed my view of who I was in relationship to my creator. And this experience was an important one in the development of my faith. And I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to step far enough outside of my comfort zone that I could start learning about depending on God alone. But realistically, this, the effect of this experience wore off with time, probably more quickly than it should have. And I think that we all have these experiences. We have spiritual highs when we go to camp or retreats or conventions. We find new insight when abroad in a foreign land or a new setting. But when we settle back into our regular daily lives, we settle back into the rhythm of routine. Transformations can be forgotten. Their imprints seemingly limited to a story that we tell once in a while. So is this it? Is this all there is to transformation? If we look at Jesus' life and ministry, we can see that there were many, many individuals that Jesus met throughout his lifetime and left transformed. I think of Zacchaeus, the Samaritan woman at the well, the woman who bled for many years and was healed. These are stories of the big T transformation, significant moments that they will look back upon for years to come. But I also think about the disciples, about the women and men who stayed with Jesus, day in and day out. The disciples who trudged along with Jesus from town to town. And while I'm sure they had many big T moments, there is no doubt that for them, I think transformation was also a process, was a journey. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking those big life-changing moments. For I truly do believe that the Spirit of Christ comes to us in unexpected and miraculous ways. But I also believe that these extraordinary moments are just one part of the larger work of transformation that God desires for our lives and for our world. 
So this is why I selected the passage from John 15 that was read earlier in the service. For I believe that transformation is about growth, about being deeply rooted in Christ and being continually nurtured and fed by the sap of the Spirit. The other week in our all-employee retreat, as we were all preparing for the start of the year and for all of you to return to campus, we were invited to bring a symbol um, to share about what it means for us as GC employees to be Christ-centered. Steve Schantz, who works here in the physical plant, was one of those speakers who shared their symbol with us. And I would like to borrow Steve's imagery um, to use as a metaphor for what Christ's work of transformation might look like this morning. So I'm going to invite him to come up here now and share a little bit about his symbol with us. So at the uh, faculty staff retreat, I, I shared a small personal detail that I'll also share with you. Um, I, have, I have worms, uh, red wigglers to be specific. Um, this, this little fellow is not particularly happy right now, um, as these worms really do not like the light. Instead, they do their work in the dark, unseen, quiet, and mysterious. Given life's cast-offs, the unwanted, the disgusting, the smelly, rotting, and festering, the worms transform this that nobody wants into vibrant, life-giving compost. These worms will surely do their work given a cool, moist environment and time. The worms are grazing on a microbial banquet table and a community system working together, breaking down and digesting, churning, aerating, feasting. These worms are not workers of magic, just certain, quiet, mysterious transformation. Thanks, Steve. So, worms. Awesome. So this is my proposal. Forget the dove as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I mean, sure, it's biblical and all that stuff. Um, but I say that it is the season of the worm. Or more specifically, I don't know about this pronunciation, the Icenia fetida more commonly known as the red wiggler. So, I mean, the dove is pretty, right? Um, it's gentle, it coos, um, and it flies. Um, and that's all really nice. But how often do you actually see a dove in your daily life? Whereas worms. Worms are everywhere, especially after the rain. Now, granted, we don't usually see them. But we know that they're there, continually working beneath the surface. And so, I propose that the process of transformation that is worked by the Spirit in the life of Christian believers is like the process of food waste. 
being transformed into beautiful, productive soil by these fabulous, I'd say even miraculous little creatures. Now, if I reflect back onto my childhood, I have to confess that I, I hated compost, like really actively hated compost. It was nasty, it was smelly, and there was good chance there was a huge family of flies hovering in and around the compost. And the last thing I wanted to do after supper was take that bin of food scraps out to the garden shed. I don't know if many of you grew up with compost, but this is what I had to do after dinner. Those compost bins were high, they were deep, and they were stinky. And I, I don't know, I didn't know what was going on in there, but I was pretty convinced it wasn't a good thing. But today, um, I know better. Today, I know that beautiful things develop in the dark. In the damp, messy stickiness of life, this is where the spirit chews and chews and works, shaping, forming, digesting us. Slowly, sometimes ever so slowly, transforming us into the people that God has created us to be. Now, for all this talk about the beauty and wonder of worms and compost, I confess that I feel a little bit hypocritical at this point because I had a bin of compost worms in my basement. Um, and I killed them. Just outright, I killed them. Um, I would forget about them for months on end. I wouldn't feed them. I would forget to check their moisture levels. Um, I wouldn't make sure they had enough moisture, or in my case, they had too much moisture, and mold just took over. I neglected my compost. Now, unlike worms, I don't think that we can kill the spirit of Christ through neglect. I don't think that's true. However, I think that we can create an inhospitable environment or a place that makes it a whole lot more difficult for the spirit to take our broken, hidden, untouchable parts of our lives and accomplish a new creation or a fresh soil. From what I'm learning about vermiculture, is that the bedding needs to be the right balance. There needs to be the right balance of ingredients in order for the worms to thrive. So in a similar way, you might ask yourself if you are tending to your bedding, whether your life has the space and the opportunity for the spirit to do its work of transformation. Bob is going to speak a little bit more about that um, next week. What I also appreciate about this composting metaphor for transformation is that it isn't just about taking all the yucky stuff of life and making it whole and beautiful. It is about that, but it's also about taking what is already beautiful. It's about taking food, which is good to begin with, and it recycles that goodness, channeling it back into the nitrogen cycle. And it, what this reminds me of is that we need to celebrate the goodness that God has created in each and every one of us. We need to celebrate the fact that Christ has already worked in our lives, has already worked miracles for us. So, when we look at the end result of Worm's work, it can look like just another pile of dirt, nothing special. But if you know better, 
you know that that soil is deep and is rich. It's rich with nutrients and ready to help the plants that are rooted in it to grow to new heights, to produce fruits and beauty, to share with all in its view. Jesus said, I have said these things to you so that you, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I believe that this is what transformation is about, finding joy, receiving deep love, abiding in peace, and discovering extravagantly abundant life for everybody. And finding all of this in our one true source, in Jesus Christ. So, it is my prayer for all of us that this year will be full of worms. That we may offer up all that we have and all that we are to our God. And that the resulting soils will be rich. Rich in mercy, in hope, in wonder, and in love. Amen. Let us pray together. O oh God, who brings new life, transform me into yourself. I come to you, broken and needy. I come to you, wanting more joy and less pain. Lord, I come to you. May my hands be the hands of Jesus. May my tongue be the tongue of Jesus. Grant that every faculty of my body may serve only to glorify you. Transform my soul and all its powers so that my words, thoughts, and actions may be the words, thoughts, and actions of Jesus. Transform me in the silky warmth of the sun, in the shuddering space between leaves, and in the soft touch of the first snowflakes. Transform me in the quiet of morning, in the chaos of day, and in the darkness of night. Help me to recognize the way you work, Lord. Let me start this new year with a new heart. Pave the way for change in me, Lord. Prepare me to be transformed by you this year. Let us stay deeply rooted and firm in our faith. Help us not give up the hope we have received from you. Destroy in me all that is not of you. Grant that I may live in you, by you, and for you. Take me this day, this hour, this moment, as I laugh with friends, as I study for class, and as I, as I realize my new home as this place. Inhabit me, Lord. Inhabit my soul, my heart, my mind, and my body. O oh God, God who brings new life, life transform, transform me into, into yourself. yourself. Amen. I now invite you to turn in your sing the journey to number 54, Longing for Light.
Um, I invite you also to stand if you're able, and after this song, you are dismissed. <laughs>